This is the Cascade Hiker Podcast. Find us over at CascadeHikerPodcast.com. I'm a country boy with the soft side. My heart wanders up north to the hillside. Now I've never met anyone quite as beautiful as you. I'm your host, Rudy Gets It. I'm here to inspire you to get out on the trail. You putting in two-mile hikes, five-mile hikes? Are you still on the couch? Come on, let's go on a backpacking trip. I'm going to introduce you to some folks that have done that and a whole lot more. All right, next on the Cascade Hiker Podcast, what's your name and where are you from? I'm Liz Snorkel Thomas. Uh, I'm from The Trail. I live in Southern California now. The Trail, I like it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Hey, uh, So I reached out to some folks just to kind of see if they wanted some questions or whatever. We're here to talk about your book, Long Trails, and um, but I just kind of want to break the ice a little bit. Uh, maybe you could tell me the the answer to this. Uh, Kate Hoach uh, wanted to know, um, maybe you could talk a little bit about your reputation for snatching up leftovers from other tables and restaurants. <laughs> so I, I'm a firm believer that food should not be wasted, and especially when one is through hiking and one's in a restaurant, uh, and the person, the table next door, doesn't seem to have finished their meal, it seems perfectly fair game, in my opinion, to uh, snacks and fries or pizza or whatever from the table over there. Right on. Well, that was drop, <laughs> drop and roll. wanted to get in on that. So, um, well, can you talk a little bit, like, is that in your book? Do you talk about eating leftovers from other tables? Uh, no, I don't. Uh you know that I would say that's a that's that's a, a a certain level of hardcore hiking that perhaps maybe in the next book. <laughs> okay, you got plans for a next book already, huh? Uh, yeah, I don't know. This one, this one was such a. I I don't have kids, but I feel like I birthed a eight pound child, which is about how much this book weighs. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, a three hundred and eight page child. Yeah, and it's big too. I, that was the first thing that caught my my attention was that it's not just like this little pocket book. I mean, it's a it's a big book, and it has a lot of quality stuff in it, right? Yeah, and you know, it's meant to have a lot of pictures, really be inspirational. Um, it's meant to. I don't take credit for this, but but the designer for uh, this book was really laid it out. So it's like you can sit down and over your bowl of cereal, over your cup of coffee read a chunk and not feel overwhelmed because you know learning to hike it can it's a lot of information but it's meant to be not intimidating yeah i think a lot of people um would kind of laugh about oh learning to hike but uh but really there is a lot that goes into through hiking so um when you say learning to hike you, you know obviously we're you know when we go for a hike we're all just walking out there but you get really in depth on uh, the trails themselves and all kinds of stuff in here what was the the main like when you started writing this book was it what what was your passion so what was was there a portion of this book where you're like people really need to know this most um there were a couple things so i i I designed this book because i really wish a book like this existed when i was first getting into through hiking and it seemed like there were a couple gaps in the books that were available to learn about through hiking. They were all very um, expert driven. There weren't a lot of books by women. And I really wanted to come at it at like, just on this very basic, like, hey, I heard the PCT exists. I want to go hike all of it. How do I make that happen? Um, And, you know, a lot of the big questions, the big gaps were, I don't know how you pay for this. Or like, how do I tell my boss I'm leaving? Or how do I tell my 
kids that I'm leaving for five months or whatever. Um, and I think that's even now in the through hiking community, that's not something we talk a lot about. And it's like the first hurdle. It's like, like, if you can't get over that, you're not even going to get step one on the trail. Who cares about lightning and bears or whatever? Uh, so I really wanted to to explore those ideas and and um, get that get that on the table um, as part of the through hiker conversation. And then, of course, the other big part of the through hiking equation too is is the show, social aspect because it's really easy when um, at least when I started planning, I was thinking about the bears and the trees and the flowers and the lightning. Um, but so much of what I remember from my trail experiences is really the people I met and social interactions. Um, so just trying to parse that out and um, talk about the the good things and the bad um, and get people mentally prepared for uh, for this big journey that they're going to go on. Yeah, uh, I like uh, the well, one part that kind of stuck out because I uh, when I first started doing this podcast. I was asking every guest, like, hey, what do you pack in your backpack? What's in there? Like, let's talk about your tent. Let's talk about all this stuff. And I started realizing that I was going to start dating my podcast. So when I, when I was checking out your book, I was, like, thinking, oh, no, she's got gear in there. But really, you talk about what you need. Uh, you're not talking about specific brands. Um, you do get into that when you, when you kind of break down your pack and some other people's packs. But there's a, there's a good – couple pages in there where you're going over everything that you would need right that you're not talking about specifics yeah i think that you know when i look at like colin fletcher's book which is considered such a bible of, of backpacking uh you know like all that stuff is like it's so outdated now that it, it i i totally agree with you so i think thinking about general um like categories of stuff like gloves headlight um you know that stuff is timeless and i don't see that going away anytime soon and, uh, you know, certainly a lot of people are like, oh, the coolest part of your book is you tear open to a bunch of people's packs and you have these like aerial shots of all the stuff in people's packs, which is really cool. But the big takeaway that I hope people get from that section is like, hey, look how similar they are. Like the brands might be different, but everyone's carrying something that kind of looks like a windshirt or everyone's looking carrying something that looks like a sleeping bag. Yeah, that's good. Well, and you break down each little thing. So um, I happen to be looking at uh, water treatment, and you break down all the different aspects. It's not just one answer, but you do need it, right? Yeah, uh, and you know, like on the back of the book, we uh, like the book all throughout. It has this whole hike your own hike mentality, and uh, and it's really this idea of like. Hey, there's a lot of right ways to hike and here's a bunch of people who have done it and like tested out some ways. And some of them, have, some of us have stuff that we agree on and generally, and there's some stuff that's different, but this stuff all works. Yeah, and you can kind of pick and choose as a reader and be like, Oh, I like what that person says, or that person sounds like me. Um, so, you know, like there's not one right way to hike, um, when it comes to gear and decisions like that. Uh, and I really wanted to emphasize like that sort of flexibility and freedom that comes with hiking. Hey, quick little break here. I'm not sure if you're tired of always having to just pick what they have on sale at the big box stores there, but uh, uh, we'll just talk about luxhikinggear.com, L-U-X-E-hiking-gear.com. I mean, this is a company, you go to the website, he's planning on doing some uh, some shows and stuff. I believe he said he's going to be at PCT Days Uh Anyway, um, just you know, keep an eye out for Lux hiking gear out there. And but this is something that uh, it's not going to be found in your big box stores. 
there there's one person or one one and two person tents. There's um, you know three and four person tents. We've talked about the stoves before. <laughs> you can add a stove if you're doing some uh, major camping, not not hiking probably. But uh, you know, go over there to luxe-hiking-gear.com. Check out all the options. Remember, this is one of the sponsors of the show. So uh, just going over there and checking them out is all I'm asking. And you're probably going to see that these TP-style tents are, are pretty cool. And they're not going to be found, like I say, at these uh, big box stores. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Well, cool. Well, hey, one of the ways uh, that I think people would really be interested in the book that I kind of wanted to bring out in a different way is all the people that are in your book. It's not just random uh, people that would just happen to be walking by. You got some really big names in here, of, you know, in the hiking community. Um, how did you hook up with those people? And did you ask them personally? Was that a backpacker decision? Um, yeah, I, I asked uh, all of these people personally. Um, you know, some of the people like Drop and Roll, Kate uh, and Whitney, all good, uh, are people that I talk to almost every day. <laughs> Uh, people I've met on the trail or through the American Long Distance Hiking Association West. And um, they're just such good ambassadors for the trail community. And their stories are so different. Um, they're so articulate at, at really getting across their passion and their love for hiking, um, but also um, addressing the, the challenges and obstacles of hiking in a way that, that make it seem like anyone can do this. Yeah. And uh, one of the other people that I, I noticed – Mainly because I brought her up when I interviewed her for my podcast before was uh, Anish, and um, and she has a cool section in there. So I was able to bring up the book in that episode too, which was cool. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, she was. You know, people always ask about like how do you train for a hike, and you know, I mostly walk, but Anish is a personal trainer. She's taken all these classes in anatomy, and obviously she's she's an amazing athlete. Um, so I felt so honored that she she said that she would help do this section on like exercises and staying fit because um she has this sort of expertise and knowledge that that uh, certainly exceeds mine <laughs> uh, well except you're hiking all the time so you're always in shape right <laughs> uh i mean but anish is like a whole nother level of in shape and you know like that's the thing too is is uh one of the cool things about writing this book is that uh I was able to have access um, through Backpacker to experts on things that I know not, I would say absolutely nothing, but very little about like budget or budgeting for a hike at different financially paying for a hike at different stages in life. So we had like these CPAs and financial planners and like, you know, stuff that no people who know stuff like that, who also understand through hiking uh, because they've through hiked before talk about like, Oh, if you're in this stage of your life, you should do this with your 401k, you know, which like <laughs> you should not ask me about. But uh, luckily, we were able to interview people who had great advice about that. Yeah, that's good. Aria Zoner had a question and it kind of related to the book here. He said, what's it like writing for uh, the difference between writing, writing the book versus the blog post, kind of like writing for Backpacker Magazine versus a blog post? Yeah, I definitely um, worked a lot with an editor about trying to change my language that so it's more booky, <laughs> as I was told. Um, so there were, you know, like in a magazine and or uh, on a blog post or for a magazine, it's all about like experts and quotes and like trying to keep it fun and really personal. On a blog post, it's about trying to make it as short as possible. Um, and a book, you know, there's a little bit more room to uh, talk about some topics, but um, 
also working with the layout and making sure that it works really well with the photos. Um, and like, especially once it started to get laid out, like this page is going to have this photo and your words have to fit in it. And if they don't fit, you need to cut your words because the photo is not going away. It was like, <laughs> that was like some of the, the magic of working in paper that uh, I, I kind of had to transition into. Yeah. Well, and I really like how you cover some things that maybe are, are lost to first time hikers, whether even if it's just weekend warrior, week long uh, section hikers, uh, but anybody who's kind of doing these long trails, they, you know, you put in there a lot about the planning and the, uh, you know, just the, the work before getting on the trail. And I think that's really important. Yeah, I think um, I certainly spent so much time thinking about what food am I going to eat on trail? Because I love food, uh, clearly. <laughs> and it was really easy for me to conceptualize, uh, like putting a bunch of food in a box and that's what I'm going to eat. But there were so many little tiny aspects of planning um, that would have been so much more helpful for me when I was on the trail if I had known that that was what I should have spent my time planning about, not just like dehydrating food or like buying a bunch of bulk dehydrated beans or something. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I know one of my buddy, uh, my buddies, uh, Jeff Kish was pretty excited. Yeah. 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 He was pretty excited that you called the uh, Pacific Northwest trail, the fourth long trail. Is that true? Uh, yeah, I think in some ways, yeah, that, that's kind of like, I have uh, a chapter on, on all the, on, on a lot of the major long trails and I have nicknames for them, um, which, you know, like some of them are kind of like jokes. Uh, and some of them are, you know, like serious nicknames, like the AT as a green tunnel. Um, uh, I guess that's kind of a joke, but, uh, yeah, I, I like, I, you know, I think a lot of people hike the, the, triple crown trails and are looking for something new and um but also long and yeah i think the pnt could be the the fourth trail yeah so when you were writing this book did you have uh did you think about those uh, i kind of brought up earlier like the weekend warriors and the section hikers because i mean this really relates to all of them plus the, th the one you know the people that are wanting to do the through hike right yeah, definitely. Um, uh, and I talk a lot about section hiking and why section hiking is a good thing to do, um, especially for a trail like the CDT that's so long and, um, you know, you can really get yourself in, in some trouble with the weather. And my hope is to maybe get some people who have only ever heard about through hiking, um, but didn't really um, conceptualize it, this idea of like, hey, I don't have to hike it all at once. Um uh, like just laying out some options and trying to to give people some flexibility and how they can get long hiking to be part of their life. Right on, yeah, that's great. And um, w is this something that you see? Um, I, like, will it be a, a part two, or, or do you plan on writing any other books now? Yeah, I'm working. Uh, I don't know about a part two. A part two would be great. <laughs> but uh, right now I'm working on a guidebook to day hikes uh, for waterfalls in Southern California. Um, so I've worked on a, a guidebook before with the Continental Divide Trail Coalition on best day hikes along the Continental Divide Trail in Colorado. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the things that I liked about that guidebook a lot was taking this long, intimidating trail and trying to break it down into things that people can experience on their Saturday um, because long trails are for everybody, not just the people who can walk 
for months and months, not just for the people who have that type of time. Um, you know, these are great, amazing treasures of our country. So I think, um, I think having day hiking books is really important. Yeah, that's great. I, I like to hear that too. Yeah. Um, uh, Jeff Kish had another question. Um, he, well, I guess the other one was my question, but, um, it said that you're um, not only a user of public lands, but you're also a champion for them. Can uh, can you suggest some uh, practical ways that hikers can get involved in protecting the places where we play? Yeah, that's a great question. So I was uh, just up in Washington, D.C. with Jeff Kish and other trail advocates uh, talking to elected representatives um, about trails and trail funding. And I think, um, you know, one of part of it is talking with other hikers about all of the different steps and players that need to get involved to make a long trail. I mean, there's so many. If, if I think about a trail like the PCT, it goes through national parks and forest service land and state land um, and some private land through easements and the, so city land. And there's all these little tiny players that all have to get along in order for this giant trail to be connected, <laughs> uh, which is pretty amazing. Um, and, you know, when, when these groups talk to each other, it takes money because they're staff people who have to talk to one another. And um, even when volunteers are the ones who are moving the, the Pulaski's, uh, you know, like there's a lot of planning and mapping and steps that are all behind the scenes that take people staff time and money to put together. So um, I think talking with other hikers to be like, hey, you know, this trail wasn't always here. A lot of people had to work really hard and sacrifice a lot of uh, their time and money to get these trails out there. So what can we do as a hiking community to um, advocate. And, you know, the big one is really writing, calling, talking to our representatives. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I mean, that's something that also, you know, a lot of people don't think about kind of, kind of also sort of a behind the scenes type thing. So it's good to get that out there. More people need to get involved and, and, you know, protect all this stuff. Hey, a quick little break here to uh, spotlight one of my uh, sponsors. That's Waymark Gear Company, waymarkgearco.com. Um, you know, I'm playing around on the website, and I wanted to say you, he has custom packs that are ready to go. You can order them right now. There's the through 38 40 to 42 liter packs. They start at 195. Uh, that's just 16 ounces. These are heavy duty ultralight backpacks. He also has a 50 liter packs. Uh, they call it the Cadillac of frameless packs. Uh, they're starting at 32 ounces um, from 225 bucks. So, you know, go over there and check that out. There's some add-ons, too, you can do. Uh, the one I got for my daughter's uh, pack is the mesh water bottle, and it just holds right there on the strap of your shoulder strap right in front, and it's nice to just have that water right there handy, ready to go. Um, some hip belt pockets, uh, zippered shoulder pouches. Um, I mean, really, you can do almost anything with these packs, along with, of course, uh all the different colors you can choose and whatnot. So go over to waymarkgearco.com and, you know, hey, at least just check them out right there. Your uh, safety and etiquette and special concerns chapter, I think that's an awesome chapter to have in your book. And um, I think that people are going to find stuff in there that they wouldn't have expected. Um, you know, the trail etiquette, uh, for one, I know that's always a big topic with people, but... Uh, what, uh, in the, in that type of a chapter, uh, what do you think people are going to grab out of there that they might not have figured out just from day hiking? Yeah. You know, one of the thing about things about through hiking is that, um, 
that it's impossible to carry 2,000 miles worth of food <laughs> or 1,000 miles or 500. So hikers have to go into town to get more food um, to resupply, which, you know, it's like it's like the Oregon Trail or something. You have to go to the fort and get more supplies. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, a lot of these towns, uh, you know, it's they're they're not. We need to be hikers need to be good ambassadors when they're on trail. Um, and yes, we do spend money in these towns, but you know, it's not just about money. It's also be about respect and, and, um, and, you know, these are their homes. They live here year round and we can't just be like a, a walking party all the time. We really need to, uh, think about being in town in the same way that we would with our leave no trace ethics on the trail. Um, so, you know, so much about this book is trying to get people to think about things that, um, might not be self-evident and, you know, like there, there's so many questions and, uh, you know, there's no clear cut right or wrong, but I'm hoping that people can think about things and, and their behavior when they're on trail. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, one, one of your uh, sections was, is called hiker entitlement. And I noticed uh, that you pulled out and said, Alda says about this, just because you live in the woods doesn't mean you need to act like an animal. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I, th so that's our uh, the American Long Distance Hiking Association West sister organization on the East Coast, the Appalachian Long Distance Hikers Association. And yeah, they've had this. Uh, just because you live in the woods, you don't have to act like an animal. Um, and when I said, you know, there, there's no right or wrong. I, I mean, in the sense that it's not a law that you have to be a respectful person. Um, but and there's no police person who's going to come after you if you're, you know, a jerk. But, you know, it doesn't make it right. And we in the hiking community are a community and we're, we're just that. And so we're, we're the, the sum of um, our parts and trying to make sure that our community is as cordial and everything runs smoothly as a, as a community is important to me. Yeah. And uh, you also have a, a section in there as well in the same chapter. I think this is a really good chapter. I'm not that I don't think the other ones aren't, but uh, um the, the special concerns for women and i think that's key because that a lot of times i'll see people trying to talk about that on social media or something and it almost gets laughed off and it's not a laughing matter because you, you know th there are some things out there that women need to deal with that are different right yeah i get a lot of questions about that um from women people usually just per personally messaging me or emailing me about it um and i think especially as women are going out on their first hike um they have concerns or family members have concerns. And, you know, I really wish we lived in a society where there, that wasn't the case that, um, but, you know, I hope that the things that I write about my own experience and what other people were able to contribute, um, can help ease some of those concerns. Yeah. Right on. Um, I also wanted to say I, I did reach out to a bunch of listeners to see if they had any questions for you, and I, I kind of rattled off most of them. Annalise Dowd was on the Pacific Northwest Trail this last year, and she said she didn't have any questions for you, but she wanted to say thanks for having dinner with my mom and I on top of Appleton Pass. So that's kind of cool. Oh, that is that is really nice. It was super cold that day, too, and it was like I so wanted to just get in my sleeping bag or, like, eat nearby and, like, not have – but I was like, ah, this is the – this is 
you know, one of two hikers we saw in the whole PNT. So I was like, all right, we, we got to go see them. I'm going to put on all my clothes and get my sleeping bag. And- <laughs> uh, right on. Well, uh, what's next then for you uh, as far as long distance hiking? So uh, I also do this thing called urban hiking. So I'll do a, a longer multi-day trip um, all within a city's limits. Um, and they usually have a theme. For a while I was doing staircase hikes. for So all these public stairways, sidewalk stairs, hidden stairways, depending on which city you're in, they have a different name. Uh, and trying to connect all of those within one city. But uh, I will be hiking in Bend, Oregon on a brew-through. This nice. is my second brew through. I did a brew through in Denver, which was a hike to 65, all of the breweries within Denver city limits over a hundred miles of continuous footsteps. Um, so this bend hike will, I think it's going to be 60 miles, but uh, yeah, I'm excited. Oh, that's great. Well, uh, Camille Mateos actually had a question about that. Uh, she wanted to know if you had any advice for avoiding injuries on urban hikes. Yeah, I would say, um, so my footwear on urban hikes is a little bit different. Uh, I end up I end up using um, a highly cushioned uh, road road running shoe that's made for like ultra marathoning on roads. Uh, it's the uh, the ultra paradigm instead of my normal ultra lone peaks. Uh, but I would also say trying to minimize if there's like a grassy median. A lot of sidewalks will have like you know like someone's lawn, a sidewalk, and then some grass. Uh, if you can walk on that grass instead of on the pavement, that really helps. Um, and when I'm putting together an urban route, I try as much as I can to route it through parks or on trails just to like give my feet a little bit of a different um, feel than the pounding of pavement. Yeah, that's good tips. I like that a lot. Uh, what about um, as far as peeing and pooing out there on the uh, the urban trails? Ooh, yeah, that is, uh, that's always the big question. So before I go out on a hike, ooh, yeah, that, that's a very good question. Before I go out on a hike, I uh, try to get an idea of um, where there's districts or areas where, um, where I'm likely to find restrooms um, and kind of trying to map it around like, hey, I'm going to make sure I get one of these, go into one of these areas every few hours so I can kind of manage that. Um, the other good tip is if there's construction going on, on like residential construction, like they're building a house or renovating it, those construction crews often leave out a, uh, a porta potty in front. So if it's not locked, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, that's great. Yeah, th- those are uh, those are good tips for folks. Um, what about uh, – was there any of these hikes that you wrote in- about in your book? Because you covered – like you said, basically most of the long trails in the United States uh, within the book and highlighted them. Um, were there any of those trails that you haven't hiked? Yeah. So uh, chapter three has got 20 different long trails. Um, I've hiked probably more than half of them. Um, so some of the international trails, I haven't, I haven't hiked the Camino or the um, TA in New Zealand. Um, but there are common international trails that people hike. So I thought it was important to include that, especially a lot of people who are getting long distance hiking are like, well, I might only do one long distance hike in my life and I want to travel the world too. So why don't I do it at the same time? Um, let's see well, other hikes. Are there, oh, go ahead. are there any of those that you want to do? Like maybe they, they might, uh, might be on the list for the summer. Uh, Neither of those are on the list for this summer, um, but uh, you know it, it, it's it's possible that, that that I could be hiking them at at some point soon. Nice. Okay. 
Well, cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to out you and uh, have people trying to stalk you on any trails or anything. I was just kind of curious. Yeah, I honestly not really sure what I'm doing this summer, which is summer is I mean, it's only February, but I feel like like it's coming on soon. Yeah, nice. I'm really intrigued by the uh, by the urban hikes. I, I think they're cool. I, and I saw I, I, I know I saw that you were doing one in Seattle not too long ago. And uh, that that's cool to me. And it's my kind of my hometown. So. Yeah, Seattle was was really cool. I hadn't spent a lot of time up there. And one of the things I love about urban hiking is I still get that, that sort of like calming exercise, being in nature that I get from hiking. Um, there's still this exploring aspect, um, seeing new things, and it was it was so cool to do it in a city um, that I hadn't spent a lot of time in. And also, like I did it in end of October, early November, so kind of off season in the high country. Um, and I kind of like that about an urban hike is like, I'm going to bend at the end of February and like, you know, it's, I'm not going to be on the PCT this time of year, really. Uh, I, I like being able to put together a hike, uh, a longer hike at this time of year. Yeah, that's cool. I like it. Uh, can you want to talk a little bit about your, your coaching? Yeah. Um, so I would say the, the main thing that I do with coaching these days is, uh, through, um, through Backpacker Magazine, and it's a six-week online course uh, that we put together that uh, has videos and quizzes and homework that you don't have to turn in, but there's you know some useful like tips and like uh, spreadsheets and checklists that that uh, you know you you can do on your own timeline, uh, and uh, I that that's uh, such a great resource for people that you can take it at your own speed. Um, you know, it's a lot of material to learn to get into a, a, a through hike. Um, but, you know, one of the most rewarding things about teaching that six week online course is that uh, people have taken the course and gone out and through hiked and been like, wow, I learned so much in that class and felt so much more prepared when I went on this through hike. And, uh, you know, some of the things as you're learning about them before you go on a hike, you're like, yeah, okay, I'm never going to need that piece of information. Then when you're on trail, you're like, oh, that's what Snorkel was talking about. Uh, so that's been really cool for me. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, it's good to get people out there. I mean, that's, you know, that's all why you wrote the book too, right? Was it based on that course then? Um, yeah, some of the material is this, the same as the course. Um, the videos and checklists and that sort of thing are much, there's a lot of stuff that's online based that's, you know, like you need that sort of interactive internet in order to work. Um, but some of the text is very similar. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, it'd be easier. I mean, not easier. It'd be good to do both because like you said, there's those small tips and things within the course, but, uh, definitely grab the book folks because it's, it's good. And, at, and like you say, the pictures are great. I like to comment on the picture on the cover. Was that your picture? Uh, that is not my picture, but uh, that is on the PCT and Glacier Peak Builders. I wish that were my picture. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so many of the pictures, I've, I've taken a lot of them, and a lot of them are of me. And a lot of them are from through hikers, some of who have been on this podcast. And, you know, one of the, the fun fact I don't know if this is a fun fact, but um, I pushed really Falcon Guides, who is the publisher, really, really hard to get as many photos as possible from through hikers. Um, because it was so important to me that these images really be authentic, that they really, you know, that they have the dirty smiling faces of people who are out there because there's something that's so real about that experience that, 
you know, the uh, when someone is through hiking or someone's on a long trail, there's this sort of like passion and love and excitement that, you know, like no model in a stock photo is ever going to get across. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. That, uh, that, that, that cover photo, whoever took it. Uh, yeah. That's one of my favorite spots. I've been there probably 15, 20 times and I've, it's come up on the podcast quite a few times. It's right there by uh, uh, Glacier Peak and that's Indian Head Peak behind it and stuff. It's just a, it's a cool shot. It's been, uh, you know, it's, it's an awesome area, but the reason why I was asking if it was yours was because uh, they're heading southbound. And I was like thinking, huh, I wonder if she's southbound the PCT. Nope, that but, one wasn't mine. Yeah, but not, uh, not yours. <laughs> but that is that that is arguably my favorite spot on the PCT as well. So I I feel like it's a very fitting cover for this book. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and, and uh, you are a great model, by the way. The pictures you're you're all throughout this thing. That's awesome. Yeah, and you know that's the thing too is I wasn't like trying to be a model in all of these. It's just like you know these places are so beautiful and we're all so happy to be there that there's there's just something like there's this sort of energy about the photos and the people who are in it that I love about this book right on well hey uh, Liz thanks so much for coming on the Cascade Hiker podcast thank you so much for having me on all right that's the show thanks so much for tuning in don't forget to join the patreon page find me at patreon.com slash cascade hiker podcast also hit me up uh, with an email Rudy cascadehikerpodcast.com find me on facebook my facebook page is cascade hiker podcast twitter find me at in underscore cascade hiking and i'm cascade hiker podcast on instagram thanks whiskey fever for letting me use this track here tall grass off their album gonna wake up this whole town go find them at reverbnation.com slash whiskey fever hey see you next week you were sweet like honey on a heartbeat you were fine like wine and sunshine I could feel you coming on strong Could never be wrong, could never be wrong See her laying down in the tall grass Playing mandolin in a white dress I come running when I hear that song It could never be wrong, it could never be wrong Where you wanna run, baby, I'll run too I would leave this world for a beautiful girl If I could just find